Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to Insane in the Membrane's top 10 biggest episodes in no particular order. We're building up to our third anniversary um, and it's going to be a big one because we've got a brilliant celebrity special show coming up. So don't miss out. We'll, show, we'll be flagging it up on the socials, so don't worry about that. But it's going to be a good one, I'm telling you now. Um, and what we're doing now is we're bringing up some of our past episodes that might have got lost in the mix. So many podcasts out there now. Uh, and we've got 150 plus episodes. So, you know, some of the names that we've had on get lost. Every single episode has been brilliant. So it's not like these are the best. It's just like these are the ones I thought people might be a bit more interested in. You know, because there's some people, a lot of times people go for names that they know rather than like maybe taking a punt. I would say that. Take a punt. If there's a name you don't really know, take a punt. You never know because there's some real hidden gems out there. We've had some incredible guests on our podcast. People, not some people, some that people might not necessarily know, but you really should have a go. Just honestly, because every single guest that we've had on has been first class. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. It's been three wonderful years. Thank you to producer Paul for for keeping this going because he's brilliant. If it wasn't for him, this would just be me chatting on a laptop, right? It's just he's he's fantastic. Couldn't do it without him. Also, couldn't do it without our patrons. You guys help us keep the lights on. Uh, John Keeley. Uh, Grax Bishop and the wonderful David Harris David has been so generous you're such a wonderful man David there's been other things that you've done um, and I just want to say thank you so much mate you really are an absolute legend and it's been an absolute pleasure having you as part of our insane in the membrane community you really are a, a dude thank you so much you all are patrons all of our patrons are wonderful thank you so much to you all thank you to John Keeley Oh, thank you so much, John Keeley. Thank you, mate. And Grax Bishop, thank you. Thank you, guys. So glad to have you on board. So glad to have you all on board. You're all fantastic. We really do appreciate you. You really do help us keep this going. Thank you so much. Um, now, this episode, this is episode number 11 that we did. Came out number 11. But it was the second one I ever recorded. I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd been out to... to I went out to interview someone else, and I ended up in Brixton. Uh, and I was having a wander around, just where my mum's from, my mum's side of the family are from. So I was having a wander around. So I remember being there as a kid, uh, and so I was wandering around, you know, a bit of a nostalgic moment. Um, and so this would have been about, uh, I think it was April 2019 it came out, and I recorded it sort of end of 2018. And like I said, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had my little Zoom recorder, and I was going to people's houses, and I was, just remember it loud, and, uh, and I was doing recording and things like that. And so I was in Brixton, um, and I'm having a wander around. And, um, and I thought, oh yeah, my mate, uh, Michael Smiley. And I hadn't seen Smiley for a while because we've both been really busy. So I just dropped him a text, like, you about, mate? And he just went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, let's have a coffee. So he was in a meeting. He said, I'll meet you after my meeting. So we met up and we had a coffee. We were having a chat. And he, he's like, what are you doing around here then? And I went, well, I'm just, I'm sorting out. I'm starting this podcast. Um, and it's, it, this is the jumping off point. So that sort of mental health based, you know having a chat with people you know and I've, I've I've emailed a few friends I've messaged a few people just get them on board and he got his phone out and he went oh, I don't appear to have an email or a text from my friend Rich Wilson asking me to come on a podcast and I went oh. I went, well of course I want to get you on but I know you're busy um and he went we're well, busy now went, no I'm not and he went let's go back to mine so we just from that it was so beautiful we, we just went back to his we set up the recording and off we went and I'm telling you, it's one of the best ones we did. He's such a beautiful, beautiful man. I might have said this before, probably have. The man, when I met him, the man changed my life. Just his outlook, the way he sees things, the, it just his, 
his whole way like, completely changed my life. He really helped me out at the beginning. He's such a beautiful soul. This was also singled out by Scroobius Pip uh, as one of his favourites. And we ended up doing a listening party on Twitter. Um, and it was really well received. Loads of people were chipping in and we're having a bit of a back and forth. Um, and it really is. It's a beautiful thing. And you'll hear at the end, we just had this wonderful uh, emotional hug. It was a really beautiful thing. And I loved, I loved this man. I, I, I just, I think he's one of the best people on this planet. A great actor, brilliant comedian. Just a damn fine human being. It's a brilliant way to finish our top 10. So coming up right now is the wonderful Michael Smiley. Mr. Michael Smiley, how are you, man? I'm good, Rich. All the yeah. better for seeing you, man. And you, man. Ages. Yeah, it's too long, man. Too long. You've had a you've had a busy week, man. This is... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's that sort of post-Christmas, New Year, coming out of that um, weird uh, wasteland that is... Christmas and New Year, it's yeah. never never. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. You're getting up late. The kids are going to. I've got a 13 year old and, a, and an eight year old, so you you're letting you're letting them stay up later. This means they're getting up later, and you're getting to lie in longer. Of course, yeah. And then they're staying. We're staying in jammies and we're eating leftovers <laughs> and we're not going out. And then all of a sudden you go, I don't know <laughs> what day it is. We don't know what day it is. We don't know what yeah, date it is. Yeah, yeah. There's someone, there was some, some smart-ass people online and they were going, oh, all these people talking about what day is it, what day is it? It's on your phone, knobhead. You know, I've not looked at my phone. Yeah. I'm spending time with loved ones. I'm, got, I'm not on Twitter looking at your stupid fucking bollocks. I mean, yeah. you, are you on Instagram and things like no, that? I'm not, no, I'm not on Twitter. I've come off Facebook. Yeah. I've, I think Facebook has now become so um, incestuous and parochial. And, yeah. And there's parts of it that are fantastic you know, if there's stuff you want to know or you need help, Facebook's brilliant for that. And if you want to keep in contact, Facebook's brilliant for that. Uh, but also it's, you know, I just don't really want to get involved in other people's um, small mindedness. Either. No, I know. And, yeah. you know, I'd, people's opinions on the political state. I don't really, it, I'm not lying awake at night time wondering what other people's opinions are. No, and it's no. not that I don't need your opinion. Yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. like we know what's right and wrong. Yeah. You've got the micro and the macro of situations and to come away from it and get the fuller picture and go, what am I wanting from this? You know, what's motivating me here? Yeah. You know, there's an expression that um, it's not my expression, but I use it a lot. Human beings are motiv motivated by two things, love and fear. And if you practice one, the other disappears. So the whatever Tommy Robinson or Brexit or Remain or whatever those things that are out there, Trump or May or Corbyn mm. or whatever it's out there that's swirling around yeah. in the shit silt that's in our environment now, um, a lot of it's fear-based. Yeah. You know, if we're, you know, it's hard to think, I must practice love today. Let's try and practice love today oh, and God, see where man. that takes yeah, us. Man. Because if you turn around and say, but you, why would I do that? Well, because you've been practicing fear, and people go, "No, I haven't." And you go, well, "You have." If you've got an opinion on that, yeah, and you think that person's a cunt for that, or an arsehole for that, that's fear because yeah, you're man. frightened that you're not being heard, and you're frightened you're going to get steamrolled, and you're frightened that you're insignificant, and that your life doesn't mean anything, wow. and all of those things, yeah. right? And none of it's true. None of it's true. The truth is somewhere in between. Right. You know? Yeah. The truth is somewhere in between. And if you, if I was to go and speak to people that I had an, they had an opposing political view of me and I asked them what their day was like and how they went about their day, I bet you the day is just the same as mine. I bet you they love their mother. Yeah. And I bet you course, they love their man. kids and I bet you they want the best for their children. Now they'll top that with wanting it as some sort of, you know, special nirvana yeah it might be one color only or whatever right, or one right, religion right. only whatever that is that's theirs but once you pull away from you get into that yeah that i can't do anything about that but if i can there's a brilliant podcast and there was this bloke it was i think it was on love and radio there's a podcast called love plus radio or love okay. and radio and there was one called the silver dollar and the second part was how do you argue? You should watch out, listen yeah, for I'll it. Yeah, listen. Yeah, and it's a bloke who was um, a black um, blues and soul and funk pian pianist. Yeah. And he ended up in the 80s with the rise of country music. Right. And uh, honky-tonk. 
uh, piano for a country band, <laughs> which meant that he ended up in a lot of redneck, white only bars. Yeah. And he ended up in this argument, come conversation with this bloke, who then reveals himself to be um, the big hoo ha for the Ku Klux Klan for Holy the area. Shit. And right. they had a, they had a, they end up having this amazing friendship relationship. Wow. I won't ruin any more. No, for no, you, no. But, but it's brilliant because he talks about how to argue, what it is. We engage. What we find is common ground. Yeah, right. Don't, don't yeah. stand and throw stones from your um, your own environment. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're creating your own ghetto Amazing. in your head. Yeah. We have to. We have to integrate. We have yeah. to be with each other. We have to blend. And that's what's happening with a lot of social media now, which is puts me off. Is that we're not? Yeah, we're not having these discussions. We're just like you say. We're throwing stones at each other. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons yeah. why you know and. Do they know it or do they not know why people move to the suburbs? And I'm from the suburbs, really. You know, people move to the suburbs because they get tired or frightened of having to live cheek by jowl with yeah. people from other with different cultures. So they feel that their culture is being diluted. So they move to the suburbs so they can join golf clubs or hang around yeah, with right. other like-minded people. Yeah. So they can still use derogatory um, terms from the 1970s. Yeah. You can still use the N-word or the P-word or the, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. You can still yeah. call Irish people patties if you want. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's and, that's and all that. Yeah. So you move to there and you help perpetuate this sort of ring of fear. Yeah, it man. Slowly but surely strangles yeah. environments. And what is it? It's not love, it's fear. Now, you'll say I'm doing it because I love my family and I want to give my family breathing space, and it's all too. Cr- but really, it's so that you can continue not yeah. being challenged. Yeah. Every day that you live in an inner city, you're challenged. You're challenged just visually, you're challenged. Of course, you are. Now, yeah. if, you, if you start pulling against it, it's painful. Yeah. Right? And the moment you start thinking along those lines, it's really hard to unthink it. Yeah. Because what you start looking for, your brain starts looking for the stuff to reinforce that opinion. Amazing. Yeah. And before you know it, you're trapped. And somewhere down the line, you're, other people are praying you're going to have an epiphany. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a road to Damascus somewhere down the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to walk out in front of a bus and, and a fucking, a gay Muslim is going to fucking pull you back from the bus and save your life. And that was the day. That was the day that I, I took like a ballet class, darling. And here I am today in front of you with a nip in the tuck. <laughs> oh, man. In my cashmere toga. <laughs> Ipso facto. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. Who needed the penis anyway? <laughs> I wasn't using it. That's, yeah, it's having, having actual conversations with people outside of Yeah, I think there's a point. Media. We were talking about this earlier on, and it's, there's a point that I think, um, and it's something that I've been thinking long and hard about, is that the problem with men is that when we get to a certain age, we make a decision, and it tends to be as we head over 40. Yeah. We decide we stop receiving information. Yeah, what you said earlier was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. start transmitting. Yeah. We stop, yeah. Tra- we stop receiving, and we start transmitting. It's time for you now to hear my wisdom. Yeah. And I'm not willing to listen to anything you've got to say. Yeah. So we stop becoming teachable. Yeah. And what, that, what happens then is slowly but surely over a period of time, you become an old fucking curmudgeon. <laughs> Things aren't good enough. Yes. Things are too small or too big or too young or too stupid or not standing in the right place. And then you're getting smaller and smaller. And then, and, and then yeah. you wonder why you have a heart attack or die of arse cancer. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's because of all these things that you've created. Yeah. You're creating the bile that is then going to eat up the inside of you. Because of your Physically. expectations. Yeah. yeah. Because of your resentments. Yeah, right. You become resentful. Now, you quietly become resentful because re- resentments only hurt the person who's got them. The host is only hurt by resentments. Yeah. Not the no. person you're resentful towards. No. They haven't a clue. Have no idea. Because you're yeah. smiling through gritted teeth at them. <laughs> Meanwhile, your head's going to fucking hit you. Are you going, you're all right, Michael? Yeah, you're okay. But why are you yeah. grinding your teeth in the talcum powder? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just this thing I'm going through. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, and it's that thing of what is resentments. Somebody said that resentments are like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. <laughs> Right. That's, but somewhere down the line, I've I have to fight against my inner curmudgeon. Yeah, and I'm in my fifties now, and I've spent ten years, and I can feel it coming up in yeah, me. Man. I can feel it, and I go, oh, here it goes again. And sometimes I let the I let the snake out of my mouth. Yeah, 
and then I've got to try and A, put it back in again and I've got to then deal with the the devastation and the collateral yeah. damage that it's done. Do you worry that you'll get to a point where you go, fuck it, and don't feel that you have to put it back in? Well, I have done that in the past and I will yeah. probably do it in the future, but I, then there's a lot of cleaning up to be done afterwards yeah. and I know from evidence of the past that there's a lot of clearing up to be done. Yeah. And, you know, it's painful and it's embarrassing and it's like falling into a big bucket of shite. It's really <laughs> easy to fall into the bucket and it's a fucking nightmare to get out of. Yeah. And it stinks and, and everybody can see it and smell it. Yeah. And you gotta take it off and you gotta wash it and you gotta take it to the dry cleaners and you gotta do all those things. Yeah. yeah There's that thing, yeah. do you wanna be right or do you wanna be happy? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And as we get older as men, we wanna be right. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we're not happy. Yeah. Because we wanna be right. <laughs> and the thing about being right is it you get to the point where you're so full of righteous indignation that you ostracize yourself from every environment that you're in. Yeah. Because true, you're taking man. everybody's inventory. You're looking at everybody. He's doing that wrong. Was he dressed like a fool? What do you call them socks? Oh, For sake of my day. Well, like, well, we lad. Put that, eat with the fork properly. Before you know Before it, you're in your 60s and you're... You're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own. And, and you can... And the thing about living on a mountain of your own making of your own righteousness there's only room for one person up there right <laughs> yeah. but you get a great view of everybody down in the happy valley sitting around singing kumbaya yeah. by the fire toasting their fucking moral fucking their, <laughs> their moral marshmallows yeah but at least you're right aren't you hey? you're cold because <laughs> you're taking all your clothes off and told them to go fuck themselves right and then but after a while you get so cold and so lonely you've got to come down the mountain and you've got to use humility to go over and say to them can you move up? And do you know something they do? Because they're not a fucking dickhead like you are. <laughs> now, men have a lot to answer for. Yeah. And I completely agree that everything that's wrong, most 100%, 99.999% of this world that's wrong with this world is because of, of the institutional pat, uh, patriarchy. Yeah, I right. completely agree with that. Yeah. Right? Part of the reason I don't get involved in that Facebook backwards and forwards or the Twitter backwards and forwards stuff. I have my belief system. Of course I have. You know, you can't be from Northern Ireland and not be political. No. <laughs> we, we can be a bit too political. It's in your blood, so, man. So it's, yeah. it's whether you keep your mouth shut or not. But, you know, I believe in, I believe in a personal revolution is what I believe in. Mm. I believe in that you are in control of how you go about your world. Mm. So, you know, I think, you know, having a, a background as a stand-up comedian and you being one you know this that our job is to make people happy we go on stage for 20 minutes or a half an hour an hour or two hours or whatever length of time we're allotted for that ta yeah. that, that job and our job is to change people from being you know ambivalent to being yeah. ecstatic yeah yeah you know yeah. and we come off feeling brilliant about it and we've got a talent and we've got a um, we've got a power that you know, you do this, I know, I watch you do it, and you and I do it, and we do it together, is when we go into social situations, be it a cafe where we've just been or yeah. um, into a shop, the person behind the jump, we try and make them laugh and yeah, try and bring yeah, a bit of joy yeah. to their day because somewhere in the back of my head, I know that there's other people who have been ignored them or been ignorant to them or tried to bully them into getting them to do what they want them to do, whatever, treating them yeah. like a servant as opposed to just a person. A person, who's, yeah. A person serving them, right? And, you know, to have that level of empathy means that you, you're engaged in your own personal revolution. Yeah. Well, it so, speaks volumes when watching you go through where we were in the, in the market in Brixton there and you were just the, just the way you entered the room and everyone was like, how you doing? Good to see you. On the way back out, how you doing? And there were people coming out of shops like cuckoo clocks. I was like, how you doing? How you doing? And that speaks volumes about the kind of person you are. I think it also speaks volumes for um, Brixton. Yeah, you know, and there's a part of you know part of the the worry of obviously is, um, but that's this is all projection, is that you know um, the white middle classes are moving in, the white millennials are moving in, and they don't want to talk to each other, and they're sitting inside in their white goods in their five hundred thousand um, pound yeah. bed sits, really pissed off, and yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're complaining about you know the streets not being clean enough or whatever, and Brixton has a, a special relationship with um, its. It, the people who live here yeah. is there is a collective thought which is everybody looks out for each other yeah. now I think that's just part of the personal revolution now so my job isn't to walk around and go god it's all going to rack and ruin around here since no. Whitey moved back in <laughs> you know it's not that it's about what can you do today 
Yeah. You know, how can you, you know, if you meet somebody, you go, all right, how you doing? Yeah. Now, if yeah. I make contact and say, eye contact and say hello to somebody over here, if they're English and they're from the south of England, they'll go, oh, don't make eye, keep your eye contact and they look thinking you're wanting something off them. Yeah. So right. they don't want to engage with you. Now, where I come from, if I make eye contact with you and you put your head away and don't make eye contact with me in Northern Ireland, you think, what's up with him? Right. Why not send hello? So if I engage with you and you're in Northern Ireland, you say hello back. Yeah. That's you saying, you've got nothing to fear from me. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? interesting. So when I came over to um, came over to London, I said to people, all right, what about you? People go, oh, God. Oh, yeah. What's he doing? What's he doing? And I go, fucking pig ignorant bastards. Yeah. All I'm doing is saying hello to them. And they were just terrified of... They're terrified. And of course, yeah. then I don't realise that the natural racism towards this accent, this accent is already saying to them, get on the floor, don't be yeah. a fucking hero. <laughs> They're already hearing that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because that's all we were told. That's, that's all we, we knew. Yeah. But now there's a whole generation that don't know yeah, that. Yeah. They don't recognise that. You know, there's a whole generation that don't have any historical knowledge because the the war in Northern Ireland is part of it. Is, is been consigned history to history now. so yeah. far. You know what I mean? How did you did, did when you came over or when you were living through that? Did it affect you directly? The troubles. You um, know? Yes and no. I don't think there's anybody in Northern Ireland who's over a certain age who weren't affected in some way. And I don't mean that we got our house blown up and we had to live in a, a bomb no. crater. You know, <laughs> I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to camouflage my face with a knife between my teeth to go and get a loaf. It wasn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the way it's portrayed, the way we hear about course, it, it's like everybody was... But, you know, yeah. the, I think that um, the six counties of the north part of Ireland or Northern Ireland or Ulster, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? Yeah. Collectively, it's under um, some form of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. So there's a lot of families who've been affected just in how you go about it. Yeah. How you speak to each other. Right. There's no such thing as a simple question. There's no such thing as a simple answer. Right. Everything has some subtext to it. Everything has some information. Yeah. You know, there's information. You know, we're very friendly. Flip side of that is we're fucking nosy. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish are so friendly. Yeah. They're fucking nosy. Yeah, so when I ask one. you a question, I actually want to know. Well, we're going to ask you a question. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. ask questions that seem really innocent, but actually they're just full of information. Right, yeah. And yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. know it <laughs> because you don't talk like that. No. But we have had to talk like that. Even to the expression of spell Harry has where I come from has so many like a, a connotation when right, I was yeah. if somebody stopped you in the street and said spell Harry right, right. if you went you, will you spell Harry H-A oh, sorry <laughs> go again H-A uh-huh. double R-Y yeah so you said H-A-double-R-Y didn't you yeah right well, that would mark you out as a Protestant in the old days right if you said H-A-R-R-Y it marked you out as a, as a Catholic in those days yeah right? right I don't know what it's like now no but that would have be Fuck. somebody say alright mate spell Harry and you go <laughs> your arse will start playing the clarinet because you know no matter yeah you no matter what what way this is going to go the yeah. bottom line is that guy wants to lump you anyway. Oh, fuck man <laughs> you know yeah I remember talking to you years ago you were telling me about I mean, that was it. We were in a bar, and then you were you had to sit in a certain place to see the door. Yeah, I never sit them back to your door. Yeah, never sit back to the door. It's right then, today when you came in, I was like, I'm going to sit this way. Yeah, because it just stuck. It just stuck with me that, that I never had to live that life. But also, I was know. talking. But also, I was talking to a mate yesterday who's a Londoner, and she was saying we went into the for somebody to eat, and she laughingly offered me the seat that was facing out into the room. And I went, fuck, is it that obvious? And she went, yeah, but also she's all the geezers I've been out with, they all sit all like All the that. same, yeah. So it doesn't yeah. mean, it's not a North, just a Northern Irish no, thing. No, you're right. It's, that, it's the sign of somebody who's been in trouble, going to be in trouble, worried yeah, there's going to be trouble. Yeah. That's the environment that you're yeah, from. Yeah, you're right, man. So that doesn't yeah. make the fact that I'm from Northern <clears throat> Ireland any different, but it just means that there was the propensity for violence yeah. and the opportunity for violence was around, yeah. you know? And also... If you took the violence out of Northern Ireland, it was a pretty boring place as well. We were funny, but we're funny and violent. We, you know, <laughs> and we're, you know, our hu- the but humor. sociable. Yeah, it's sociable. That's the thing because I, the 
Yeah, like, yeah, punching shit out of each other in a garden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you. During happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> Two pounds again. Actually, yeah, both of them are for me. <laughs> and an ambulance yeah. for this guy. <laughs> and an ambulance for Harry. <laughs> so, the, the, the Irish families that I knew, and there was only a couple of them, but they were, it was, it was always come round and, but, but, but would treat you like one of the family it was like yeah come around have what you want basically the open house so I imagine that was that was, was that like what it was like yeah. when you were growing up yeah definitely yeah. but you know and also that you know there was it was that demarcation between the sexes was was a lot more obvious when I was a kid growing up you know that the women sort of huddled together with the women and the kids yeah. and the men went and did what they wanted yeah. be it you know um, fucking build bonfires or barricades or fucking lying ditches with a fucking semi-automatic rifle waiting for the helicopters to go away yeah. or whatever men got up to <laughs> went fishing you know but it was just accepted it was accepted yeah. that men went to the bar uh, just like everywhere else but it was also there was a thing that you know there was a sexual the, the, the sexual apartheid was very strong but it was also you know the reality was it's a very matriarchal society right you know the women were in charge. Yeah, absolutely. The women yeah. were completely in charge. Um, and the men were just sort of, you know... They quite enjoyed you fucking off out of the way. Oh, but also, just, yeah, they yeah. don't get right from under the feet. But my dad, like, my dad was a submariner. My dad was in submarines oh, right, wow. before he got married in that space between the end of the war and the early 50s. And uh, he said in the Navy, there was, if you... The expression was something along the lines of, if you, um, if you can't fuck it, you fight it. And you can't fuck it or fight it, you paint it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was really, and that made us laugh, made me laugh because inherently men are that simple. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in a lot of ways, if you feed us and fuck us, we're happy. Yeah. And women, especially working class environments, women know that. Yeah. You know, like my ma ran the house. Yeah. But my dad knew that. Yeah. You know, my dad knew that and was quite happy with that, you know. Yeah, it was always there, ask your mother, ask yeah. your mother. And also, you know, yeah. it was, you know, my ma could make a um, a tanner look like a tanner. Yeah, right. an expression where I came from, you know. And she was great. She came from the markets in Belfast. So it's that sort of big family, you know, big working class Catholic family. Yeah. Yeah, and then my dad came from a, a fatherless environment. His dad died when he was young. Right. So, and he had a, quite a, an overbearing mother. So that was, I got to see both sides of it. Yeah. But it was, in the world that I grew up in, the women were always very strong. I think one of the things that I struggled with was that um, closing a deal sexually <laughs> with a woman, no, trying to, you know, pulling girls. I, yeah, I was, I was yeah. never good at pulling girls. No. Because I knew it was bullshit. And I came from a world where they knew it was bullshit, you know? <laughs> and I was the wee fucking big-nosed, big-eared, squeaky-voiced, cheeky-wee fucker who wasn't... I wasn't the captain of the football team. Yeah, yeah. So when looks mattered, I was down the pecking order. Yeah. So I was the funny wee lad. Right, right, right. You know? So you, yeah. So that paid dividends later on, you yeah. know what I mean? But, um, so, but what, when I, to be funny got you out of a lot of trouble and helped you stay up late. Yeah, you of know? course, yeah. Because you're entertaining you would be dragged out of bed to entertain <laughs> or you'd be allowed to step a wee bit longer. Because, long yeah. As you didn't... What I learned was, and I hope I learned it, was not to be a pain in the arse for too long. Right, right, you know, right. Because you'd be funny. you're welcome. Yeah, you could be funny and be a pain in the arse and then you were sent to bed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as far as... Like, my dad's environment, you know, we lads, Jesus, fucking <laughs> you know? And that funny thing of, you know, you're... Your children should be seen and not heard, yeah. or men don't really want a wee lad who's clever or quicker than them because it shows how right, of course, yeah. you know how sort of stolid their lives have been, you know. Yeah. So you get a lot of that. You have to deal with that sort of slow moving man who's really mm. trying to fucking on, and all he really wants to do is talk about the two thirty at Campton and fucking all yeah. that. You know what I mean? Shut up, wee lad. With you, who's asked your fucking opinion? <laughs> who's your man in the corner type thing? You know yeah. what I mean? So you were you were damped down the whole lot. Yeah. You know. So you know. I oh s- yeah, that being brought up with that kind of don't stick your head above the yeah parapet sort of thing. Well, you were. Yeah. It was enjoyed, you know, for the entertainment of the women, but yeah. for the men. You know, um, you were just showing off. Showing off, we yeah. lads, we lads. So you get a clip, but that thing of um, 
what I find interesting about that, again, we're talking about the patriarchy and stuff, is the um, that sense of, you know, if you're having children, it's evolution. Your child should be better looking, should be taller, should be fitter, yeah. should be clever. Otherwise, you're not doing your job as a parent. No. So really, you should be celebrating that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I had, a th- I, have, I had always had a thing with my kids, which is that trying to teach them when enough's enough. Mm. To be able to say, yeah. look, this is what that's good is really funny. But if it goes on too long, it becomes tedious and yeah, boring and then yeah, you'll be told yeah, to shut the yeah, fuck yeah. up. Yeah. So the shorthand was first time great, second time all right, third time enough, <laughs> third time no. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So is that the, the, the sort of the law of three, even the law of three within comedy? Of course, you know? yes. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But it's that way of sort of passing on what you've learnt, not because if you have wisdom, it's because I've been down that road. Yeah. And I know what that road where that yeah, road leads yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. road leads to you being told to go to bed early because you're becoming a pain in the arse. Yeah. So that's why you can't have that extra glass of Coca-Cola at seven o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why that's not happening. Because you're going to be pirating around go- it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to sit and talk to you about it and explain it to you. So yeah. then the next time I tell you, that's the second time I've told you <laughs> and the third time. And I've said to my kids, you don't want to see this face. Yeah. So why don't we do it like do it this that. way, yeah. Do it this way. You know, one of the things that I've been consistently most of my life is a dad. Yeah. You know, I've been a dad since I was a wee lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, similar to yourself. Same, you, you absolutely, yeah. Young fathers. Yeah, man. And, you know, I was a dad from when I was 20. Same, yeah. And, you know, so that's weird because, like, me and you are born the same day. Yeah, I'm a bit, could yeah, be older than it, you, but, yeah. you know, that, you know, that thing of your life being measured by, you know, I was a dad when I was before I was a man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I grew up with my kids, uh, but also that thing of that you didn't have, you tried to have carefree days, but you couldn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, no matter what I did, it was a wee bit spicy. In the back of my head, there was that thing of, but you've got a kid. Yeah, man. Yeah. Everybody else is flying their kite and they're, they're yeah. doing that in their 20s. I always had one hand on the ground. Yeah. And just, you've got a kid. Yeah. Whether you yeah. like it or not, you can... <clears throat> not see them you can have a bad relationship with the wife you, you know, she can be your ex you maybe never had a relationship with her but you've still got a kid yeah. you can't have an yeah. ex kid no right like my dad the day that my eldest was born my dad I was just in that sort of washing machine head that didn't know what really yeah, was going on right, yeah. it just had happened <laughs> <laughs> it's happened <laughs> it's, you know and saying to my dad holding this wee beautiful wee baby boy in my, ha- in my arms and my dad I said New Year's Day I said to him wow. what do you think and my dad looked at me and went aye toothpaste out of the tube now son <laughs> you won't be pushing that you won't be pushing that back in again Had <laughs> to get on with it yeah that's it and that was the whole like I can pontificate to you I can transmit to you I can browbeat you as much as I want and you're not you're not friggin' listen, or you can choose not to listen. Yeah. But then life happens. Yeah, man. Now, if you don't listen, and then life slaps you upside of the head, what do you want me to do about it now? Yeah. I'm not Doctor Who. I'm not a fucking time traveller. <laughs> it's done. We can't let's go back. No, let's see. It. it is what it is. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the mundane men's club. Yeah. Where you're now doing this. Yeah. Now, if you were clever. You could be doing this in 10 years' time and you'd be really looking forward to doing this and it would be a great life and you've, you've yeah. set out your stall and you get yourself ready for this. But, but now this has happened to you yeah. 10, 15, 20 years too early. You've got to get on with it, man. That's it, yeah. And I'm it was, sorry. And that's exactly what it was as well. It was just, it's, you're doing this now. Yeah, and you just did it. And it was fear, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about love and fear. You know, that, you know fear has been around in my life a lot yeah. you know the, you know growing up in a housing estate gives it has its own fears you of know course, what I mean yeah. uh, growing up within the the troubles in Northern Ireland brings its own fears you know growing up you know and then you know not getting the education that you should have got yeah brings yeah. its own fears you know not being a fucking I've got no I haven't done it. I haven't got anything. No. I haven't got no qualifications. Fuck, I'm going to, you know, yeah. getting into a gunfight with a butter knife, you know, type <laughs> thing, you know. I think that's where I got in the last couple of years, kind of, 
I've never, I was never very academic. And it's only been the last couple of years where I've started being a bit more open to learning. Yeah. Kind of going, well, I, I, instead of going, oh, I don't know anything about that, they go, well, well, go and fucking look it up. But also, look, yeah. men don't say I don't know anything about that. Unless, no. it, unless they're giving evidence to the police. Yeah. You know, men <laughs> tend not to say, I don't know. And one of the biggest, um, the biggest bits of fucking freedom you can get is actually saying, I don't know. Yeah. And stopping the car and going, excuse me, mate, I'm lost. Yeah. Can you help but that, me? But that, but that voice inside your head going. Don't do it. Yeah. You're, 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 that's, that's, you're being, it's feminine to do that. That's yeah, that's, a fucking, you're, you know, but also that, yeah, it's a sign that you're a loser. It's a sign that you're yeah. a mark. It's, it, you're not a leader of the pack. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're going to be cast out. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a wounded gazelle type thing. Yeah, you know exactly I mean? that. So, all of those things that men have been, you know, the patriarchy has taught the men within this situation. You know, you need to step up. Yes. Or you're just going to be a grunt. You're going to be a soldier. You're not going to be. You're not officer material. You're not going yeah. to be at the front of the queue. We need to get up. We need to get up early and get to get our tiles on the fucking oh, on yeah. the deck chairs first <laughs> in the in the in the great fucking summer holiday of life. Yeah. You know. You need to get to the front. You know. You were born into the lucky world. You know. And we are. We're born into. We're the lucky ones. Yeah. We really are. Now, what do you do with that? Do you hold it and? In, in an avaricious way and keep going nobody's touching my look at my beauty it's mine it's mine like that we scrumpled up man and fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, golem or whatever you know that's, that's it yeah that's, you can be like that or you can have a, a humility towards it and go how blessed am I yeah so on a daily basis when you go out the private revolution the personal revolution when you see somebody you say hello if you can help somebody you help people yeah man you know and if you can do a good deed, then do it. Yeah. But don't do it as a way of being able to boast about it later. No. Do it for no. what it is. Do and it even, for doing it. Yeah. You can do it without boasting about it or even yeah, telling man. anybody about it. That's even better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those are great things because there's something about that that goes, I feel when I do something nice for other people. Like, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Before I met you today, before I left the house, my wife's upstairs writing up in the attic. Yeah. Right? I, made her, um, I made her a wee sandwich and a cup of tea and brought it up to her and surprised her with it. And 
you know, that made her happy. And it made nice. her, she didn't have to come all the way downstairs to get herself a cup of coffee and a, and a sandwich. I brought it up yeah. to her and said, I'm away. I got a kiss and went out the door. There's a part of me going, that was good. It's like, get up in the morning, make your bed. Yes. You know, just get up and do something that's positive yeah. right from the very start. Yeah, man. You oh, know, wow. And just yeah. do a little bit of that and just a little bit of kindness. And you've got an opportunity to be kind. Take it. Yeah. Because you don't know what that's happened to, that's going to do for the other person. Yeah, you're right, but Actually, man. what it does is for you. Yeah. It does it for you too. So there's a beautiful selfishness to it. That if, I'm, <laughs> if I can make you smile, that's making me smile. Yes. That's feeding my ego in the right way. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so important, the right way. Yeah. Like you say, because a lot of the time when you hear the word ego, you, you feel... It, it's like a negative yeah. thing, where it's not. It's not always, is it? It's just no, you know, we all need that kind of energy. That and also that thing of you know, it's there's an addictive quality to power, you know, and we've all got a level of power in our life that yeah. we can, you know, and you know, if I if I get off on screwing you down, you know, it's that thing where the bully becomes the bully. Yes, and the worry of where life is going now yeah. is, you know, what are we going to do with this new power? What are the, the people who this power should be turned over to? Yeah, yeah. You know, the disenfranchised, <clears throat> the the sisters, the um, everybody concerned who haven't had power in the past. Yeah. If we're going to evenly give out the power, what are we going to do with it? Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. When you've got, if you're going to be, if all of that thing is done from a period, from a perspective of love, what are we going to do with that love? Yeah. How are we going to give it out? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, the, for the state that the world's in at the moment, you know, you, you know, I look at the, like Calais and, you know, what's going on in Syria and what's going on in Africa and what's going off in, um, going on sweatshops around the world and, you know, the, the way that we're being um, ostracised from each other yes. emotionally. You know, um, History repeats itself. It does feel like you know. It does feel like Europe in the nineteen thirties. Oh man, it does have yeah. a feeling of that repeating itself. And it, but it's all fear based. I can't make that stop. No, but I can certainly in my everyday environment. Yeah, the tiny revolutions. Your t- personal personal revolutions. revolutions. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, see somebody and just be kind, make an eye contact, yeah, and man. say hello. How are you? Yeah, you know. And if you can give somebody a quid, give somebody a friggin' quid. And I'm telling you, God, I don't want to give him because he's a junkie. Give him a fucking quid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest to God, yeah. honest to God, he's not lying Another <laughs> clever junkie wins. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the sweat on my shoes. I got one over on you, yeah. Mr. First Worlder. Unbelievable. Uh, give him a fucking quid. Give him a quid. fucking quid. Dry right. your eyes and give him a fucking quid, man. Honest <laughs> to God. It'll make you feel a lot better. Absolutely, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and God. He, he it's might... nice to hear someone else say it because that, that, the, all the time going, oh, no, no. Like Steve Hughes had that great bit about, oh, no, no, give it to, give the money to us and we'll make sure they get it. And it's not going to get to them, is it? It's too busy going into their pockets. But just give the fucking well, dude there's a administration, quid, man. Even if the, you know, every charity has administration costs, but, you know, uh, so that's and my job is not to hear is to to poo poo one over the other, you know, and we we can very easily say you know that charity shit because these guys are doing that and those guys are doing that yeah. so therefore I'm not giving to them and ultimately, you know it's like saying that religion shit because they do this and because they do that. Ultimately, you're looking for a reason to hate, and it's because you're frightened. Yeah, because you're frightened that there's some part of your status deep down inside you don't like you of course yeah and the reason you don't like you is because you haven't went into yourself enough to care about yourself enough yeah if you care about yourself enough on a daily basis you're going to have that level of empathy for your fellow man yeah now if you don't have that everybody else is taking something from you yeah and why is that because you're reading the newspapers you're watching the tv programs you're you're going to the um the facebook and the twitter feeds you're retweeting stuff yeah or you're you're hitting like or fast forward or forwarding all this stuff yeah that says yes it's all shit look and that's not me it's them (laughs) it's not me it's them it's them right pressing the button and thinking you're being political you know all of that it's just getting us away from the main fucking the main problems yeah. the main problem is if we cared about each other a bit more we would fucking 
we would back up the NHS all the way. Of course, yeah. You know, yeah. If we cared about each other, we would be demanding more social fucking um, social housing. Yeah. If we cared more, we would be giving a fuck about the immigration. Yeah. In instead of some of, online petition. Yeah, just and yeah. also that giving it, giving it down about other human beings. We're all God's children. Yeah. You're nobody. Nobody's above me, and nobody's below me. No. And that's, you know, I was brought up with that working class social socialist values that were put into me by my dad yeah, right. and my mother and they weren't bright beating it into me we weren't having our chips on socialist worker newspaper it wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't that yeah. it was just you know it's right and you know it's wrong Do yeah right absolutely thing. yeah you're right honest to god you don't need a fucking manifesto to tell you what's right and wrong nah. so you deep down inside yeah. stop this and but if you start looking at the system you can see the system's flawed the system's flawed is because men inherently it's men are frightened that they're going to lose their power. Yes. Yeah. You know? And you know something? We all lose our power. Yeah. The hose doesn't fucking shoot the water across the fucking... <laughs> across the garden as far as it used to. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. It does. That's what life's all about. Otherwise, we'd all live... We'd yeah. all live forever. So there is... There <laughs> is a cycle yeah. of life. There is that... You know, there was that thing that Billy Connolly said the other night. Did you, I don't know if you've seen that documentary. No, I didn't see it, no. A two-part documentary on Billy Connolly and it was beautiful. And it really got to me because I grew up with Billy Connolly. You know, he yeah, was the yeah. first. He was the first original. He was sort of like my punk. Yeah. I, I grew up, oh, he's my comedian. Yeah. Not Frank Carson. Not you know. But it was yeah. In amongst all that, yeah, he well, was it was storytelling. Real. It was storytelling. Yeah. He was his, he was like the funny guy from the house estate. For as far as I was concerned, you know, your aspirations to be like that, you know. Um, but he said this thing about. Um, it's Parkinson's he's got, isn't it? Yeah. And the irony of him being discovered on Parkinson's and end up with Parkinson's. <laughs> but, um, that he, he, how he deals with having it is he realises that for him, it's like he's gone over a hill to another place and he needs to get rid of all these things to make his journey lighter. Yeah, right. So when he can't play the guitar properly, it's something he may have to lay down. So he's laying down yeah. all these things to make ready for the new journey because the new journey is not going to need those things. Right, yeah. These are worldly things. Wow. And he's going somewhere else. Yeah. And to to put an adventurous, a spiritually adventurous slant on what his disease is, I thought was um, such a beautiful way of going. Yeah. Um, and if and when these things happen to me, I hope to have... Um, that level of acceptance around it, you yeah. Know? That kind of that spirituality, sort of yeah. that, yeah. That, I think that a, oneness with like, yeah, acceptance and yeah, acceptance is a big yeah. thing. I think acceptance in this world is a big thing, you know, um, to accept what your lot is and to accept that you have a part to play instead of having expectations over it, yeah. You know, if we have expectations, it's based on your ego, it's you going. Well, I should be. You should be thinking this way. You should be doing this for me. I did that for you, so therefore you should be doing that for me. Yeah, I have expectations yes. within this relationship, you know, uh, within our loving relationship. I've done yeah. that for you, so you should be doing that for me. And which my, is the which is where I've got problems with because I go I, I'm to that point. I'm like, well, I've 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 been to counselling and I've had therapy and I've I've dealt with my demons and so now. I'll, my relationship should be this sort of way so I have these expectations of the other people yeah but also that's like you saying that this therapy was so good that it completely cured me of life <laughs> that I don't have to have <laughs> yeah. I don't have to have I, my life is just gonna that's medication yeah you're saying that I've been given loads of nice drugs and I don't have to think anymore that's it yeah you know, I don't have to engage in life anymore you know no. and we're all work in progress and if we and we're all human, so we're always going to fuck it up. And we're always going to open our mouths. We're always going to be standing up. We should be sitting down. We're always, should be, we're always <laughs> going to be talking. We should be listening. Yeah, yeah. We don't do it all the time because we're not that stupid or no. we're not that medicated. But, but you know, like you said, it's understanding that we, like you say, human beings yeah. and we fuck, we fuck up. And have yeah. some acceptance. Yeah. Just have some acceptance of stuff. And I think that's the struggle. That's the struggle. You know, the way that the state of our lives that what we're aiming for is a childlike acceptance yeah you know yes so I see it with my children as they're getting older their acceptance goes away and expectations take over because yeah, right. there's a tipping point but there's a bit when like my daughter's still in that world now 
where, yeah, things are not right. Yeah. And she wants him to be a certain way. But she also has a bigger acceptance level. And my son, who's now a teenager, he's now trying to balance his acceptance over his expectations. Right, right, you know? right, yeah. And he'll go through the next sort of 10 years really trying to engineer those into his way of thinking, yeah. which would be his path, you know? Got you. And it'll be yeah. his trajectory. And it's really interesting watching that. And as my body, you know, lets me down and my brain hopefully frees me up yeah. because I'm, I'm willing to be teachable remain teachable yeah instead of being that curmudgeon yeah which is so important yeah like I say being open just listening to people yeah. you know listening to people you know and just being willing to engage so if you say hello to somebody in the street the, what you're getting back is a lovely bit of wisdom or is a lovely bit of humanity back yeah I was walking along the street here to, the other day and I'd been over to chemist and I came walking back as I'm walking along the street I've got these tablets I've got to take and I'm like fuck man <laughs> when you start getting into tablets yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm going on down the wormhole of it's all the decay and the death and it's all coming it's going to be arse cancer and death and, <laughs> and this Rasta came walking along the street towards me and he had he looked like Gregory Isaacs he looked amazing he had a long black leather oh, coat wow. and he had a black shirt and he had a black um, like a, a bootlace type tie and he had the dreads and he was wearing like a it was like a like a big bowler hat, but it was a fur bowler hat. Wow. He looked amazing. Really spectacular, yeah. Yeah, really spectacular, really beautifully. And he was wearing this long black coat that had a little bit of silver around it. And he looked amazing. And I went, as we approached each other, I just started smiling. And he looked at me and I went, Rasta, man, you look you look beautiful. Can I just say, you look really amazing. And I, he says, thank you. And he, he put his fist up and we we touched fists. And yeah. I, went, I thought, you look brilliant, mate. I just wow. say you look brilliant. And he said, thank you. I mean, no, seriously. Got and you felt energised. Yeah, and he went, um, he said to me, I'm going to um, say goodbye to my brother. I'm burying, I'm burying a brother. I don't know if he meant his brother or, or a brother. A brother, or yeah. a brother or whatever, whatever the relationship was, whether it's blood or not. And uh, he said, I'm going to, he said, well, you're representing beautifully. Wow, me, um, I'll say a prayer for him and yeah. help, help him with his journey. And he says, yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother. Wow, and then man. came in and went off. And I went into my house and he went off to the funeral. And that was a bit of interaction that wouldn't have happened if I had put my head down course, and not made yeah. eye contact. And that was a beautiful bit of yeah. life, you know? And I, I could sit here and tell you more and more and more. Not because I'm such an amazing person. No. It's about the... But this little moment of... Little moments. Just sometimes look up. And also the joy yeah. of the joy of doing what we do for a living. You know, I'm yeah. an actor now more than I'm a stand-up. I haven't done stand-up in a long time. But, you know, that engaging with other people yeah. as part of your of your job. It fires me up. That, yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, we'll go back to talking about you as a comper and you as an act and even knowing you before you're an act. You're really personable. You give a damn about other people. I can tell it about you. Yeah. That's one of your main qualities. And when you're on stage you give over that we're all having a laugh let's all have yeah, a laugh man. together chill out mate it's all cool and everybody goes ah oh, dude <laughs> oh, the big hairy bear is going to take us on a journey we're going to be alright and, and if it all goes to shit we'll get a cuddle later yeah. on <laughs> oh man did you feel like growing up like you've talked you've talked about when you were a kid but you was there pressure to be like a man like a real man you know like no. No. Not from my dad. No. My dad was um, was a man in the... My dad was quite... My dad called himself a gregarious loner, which was a quite a, yeah. a, a lovely way to describe it. My dad was a, a Wichita lineman. He climbed, yeah, right. He went up your telegraph poles and uh, put your line yeah, in for you. Yeah, of course, man. He was a, a county down lineman. Wow. Know? And uh, he worked for the post office. and So he was on his own a lot, or was him... Uh, or his partner who died Jordy Barrett they used to go out in the vans together right? yeah and so we'd go out and he would go to farms and put their lines in for him or houses out in the countryside but my dad would never my dad was never interested in going to the pub no he was he was never interested in that side of um, of the masculine or the yeah. geezers he wasn't a geezer man we never had mates coming around the house he never had mates coming around the house rather. No. he sat in the house he read his books. All those things that he was interested in were all non-competitive. Um, right. So he was into fishing. 
He was into um, shooting. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was into photography. He was into those, gardening. All those things that my dad, and they took up a lot, and he wrote. He wrote yeah, a lot. Yeah, right. He was always writing this, he was in his book. I called it The Child That Never Leaves Home because it was, he was never <laughs> going to publish it. He was always, he was always writing it. Yeah. Um, and he got a lot of joy out of it. And it was his, like, his own philosophy. And so my dad would say things like, I don't give a shit who won the 2.30 from Kempton. Yeah. I'm not standing in a bar talking car parts with another bloke, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. you know, and, and talking about, he, talk, he says, talking about women as inanimate objects and talking about inanimate objects that you love as if they're women. Yeah, of course. Like she's she's a bit of a beast on the corners, but she gives a great torque and love, <laughs> great handling she has. Oh, only come out of the house and it give me a give me dogs abuse type thing, and he always yeah. drew attention to that. So my dad was always quite critical of this, a certain type of man that yeah. um, that run with the pack that were in his eyes were dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I had my dad was very much like that women had their place in the home and they did they like for a better word chauvinist he was still a caring man but there was still that you know women were there indoors and they did the they did the cleaning and they did this and then the man went out to work even yeah. though my mum had a job work nights there was still that but I never had that I was never it wasn't in the sport it was music was always around so I had that more it was a bit more chilled out but yeah. the, the the masculine elements were more from outside yeah, definitely. Same with yeah. us as well. Same as us too. My dad was, I wouldn't say, my dad wouldn't say he was a, a misogynist in any way, but he, he still, he would, he would never make himself a cup of tea. No. My mum made, made him a cup of tea. Um, and it was, what was celebrated was my dad's um, Christmas stuffing for the turkey. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's always, a, oh, dad's Which, making a curry on oof. Friday. <laughs> That's Christmas, my dad's going to do the stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> like once a year. Yeah, 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 year. that was it. Um, but that's not to say he, you know, he was, he was always curious. And I think I've still got, I got that from him. My dad was always curious about the difference between men and women, how men yeah. view things, how women view things. So that was always up for debate. Yeah. And, and also he was married to my mother and my mother was a lioness. Right. She was fierce. Yeah, and very loving, and very fierce. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to get in the wrong side of Alice. No, no. But um, and she was quick. She was inner city. Her, her sense of humour was very inner city. Right. I was from inner city Belfast, and one of the most beautiful things I remember. I was over doing a thing. My both my parents have passed on now, and I was and staying in this hotel or this B and B called the Rayan House. If you ever know it near, near Hollywood, go and stay in the Rayon House. Right. It's the only five-star B&B in the whole of Ireland. They do, a t they do the Titanic uh, menu. Okay. Once a month, they do the menu from the Titanic. Wow. But also the husband and wife team that run it, impeccable food. Yeah. The, the award-winning, the breakfasts are just unbelievable. I've never yeah, seen a right. breakfast like it. It's like three, four pages long you can choose from oh, wow. breakfasts. And, yeah. Uh, so I stayed there. And I'm walking along, it's on the main road, which is along the back road, near the Hollywood Golf Club or um, Rory McIlroy country, right? So it's quite detached house, okay. um, posh houses, yeah. right? And I used to do my paper round along there when I was a kid. So I'm walking into Hollywood one morning and to have a coffee and reminiscing, both my parents are dead. I'm walking along that street this road to main road and I'm remembering all the, the little things that I have you know going back haven't been home for 35 years so everything's like a little memory yeah I'll get a smell and I'll, and I'll be a certain place and I passed this house um, that my mother used to clean in she was a cleaner and I was a wee kid and I remember and did you go with her a lot of the time yeah yeah and this house had an orchard in the front garden and I climbed I remember climbed one of the trees and took one of the apples and the woman came out and she ripped me a new one. Right. And I remember walk, every time I've walked past that house, yeah. I always have that memory. And I'd have been about six or seven. And I remember my ma being mortified. And not pretending to have a go at me and tell me off, but actually she was yeah, annoyed with yeah. this woman, but it was her job. She was the cleaner. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. Anyway, fucking middle class. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm at that, here's the God's honest truth. I'm at that point, looking at that house, having that memory, and I looked, and as I said, I've been away from home a long time. So you see faces of, I see old Hollywood faces. Right. And I go, 
I know you, but I don't know your name or whatever, <laughs> right? And this guy come walking towards me. He's like, oh, Michael, how you doing? You over for a wee while? And his man over, I'm doing a TV show. He says, oh, good to see you. It's good, always good to see you on the TV. So I work with your mother down in the, the ordinance. My mom's a stitcher in the ordinance. Right, depot. right, right. And I, uh, he said, I work, work with Alice down the Remy there in the ordinance <laughs> depot. Am I all right? And he says, I, your mother, great woman, great woman. I said, oh, thanks very much. He says, I, he says, I, Alice, word mechanic. She was a word mechanic. And he walked off. And I just heard word mechanic. And yeah. I just thought, what a beautiful, that sums up Northern Ireland to me. It sums up that, you know, that you're not having a massive vocabulary, but using the least amount yeah. of words to get across the paint the biggest picture. Yeah. To call my mother a word mechanic beautiful. and a man of a certain age who would have, what he's basically saying was, you wouldn't get a better offer. No. And she was quick, and she was quicker than the man. Yeah. If I can say that to you now, you know what I mean? And there's me Amazing. thinking about my ma, and this guy comes around the corner and gives yeah. me the best homage <laughs> to my mother and then walks on. And it really choked me because there was something... Oh, I'm getting upset now. Oh, there was something really quite spiritual about it because I'm thinking about them and... And as I'm thinking about her, I believe <clears throat> when people die or they pass on, if you talk about them, you call them back. And because I was thinking about her, yeah. and then he came round the corner and just walked in and told me something beautiful with my mother. Yeah. It was like it was what a God given thing. It was a God given thing. Beautiful. It was like I was being blessed to have those thoughts yeah. at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a blessing. You were open it was to like, it. Yeah. My God went to me. There you go. There you you go, miss mate. your man, Dan. You love yeah. your man, Dan. Here's a lovely a wee little gift for you. Here's a wee gift for you. Beautiful. And that's why I'm telling that story. And the, whatever tears I have now are not of sadness. They're just because I'm a sentimental old fart. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but that's beautiful. And the more you're away yeah. from home, the more sentimental you, you become. And the older you get, the more sentimental you become. And all those things are lovely. Yeah. All those things are lovely. It's not a fear of death. It's not a fear of what you're losing out on. It's actually, you become, I become less emotionally eloquent yeah. and I become more emotional. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that, for that bloke who was from my part of Hollywood, yeah. he was from, the reason he was walking out the back road is because he was from one of the housing estates. Yeah, he came right, from White right. City, he was from Redburn or Knockinagunny or whatever. But he knew my ma, so he was old Hollywood. Yeah. And for him to say that really told me of that's what I love about. And you say, when you, what was it about home that you, you know, what it is that defines where you're from? Is that? Is that? Yeah. Your ma, word mechanic. Oh, man. Boom. Yeah. Bang, bang. And off. He just gave me a one, two, and he yeah. off he walked. And he didn't and even know. He didn't even know. Oh, and that's man. the beauty of it. Yeah. And, you know, that, the joy of communication. Again, he could have just nodded, yeah, walked man. on, and then, you know, he didn't. He, he stopped and we communicated, and I got that from that. Yeah. Just like the Rasta story. Just yeah, like the man. constant, why we should constantly be talking to each other, be constantly and enjoying each other's uh, company. Yeah. And the more we enjoy each other, and the, the more humility we get, the more humility we get, the more understanding, the more love we have for each yeah, other, man. the less we're in fear, the this less is, we're frightened, oh, yes. the more we're able to change the more hopefully we'll be able to change what this world will come. Yeah, man. And that's... Yeah. This is why I wanted to have these conversations because of that's... I believe what everything you're saying, I believe it. And I'm like, rather than, like you say, just shouting at each other, throwing stones at each other, let's huddle and let's have a chat. It's, it's you know? fair. You know, some people don't want to be touched. Some people don't want to be, you know, people no. don't want to change. Some people just want to be angry. Well, they just want, they don't want to change. Yeah. It's too much like hard work. Yeah. You know, well, I've got to change what these clothes aren't my clothes. I've got to go and get some whole new wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't my house. Oh, I've got to change the whole thing. Oh, I don't want to go change the whole fucking thing. Yeah. You're telling me everything I, or everything you tell me, so is telling me that everything I've stood up for is a lie. Yeah. So I've got to change everything. Yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah. you have to. You know, women yeah. aren't bitches. They're not hoes. No. You know, they're not fucking third world citizens yeah yeah no. yeah we're all god's children yeah so we man. should divvy it up the right way yeah 
Oh, but it's going to take hundreds of years. I know. So let's start eating the fucking elephant. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, like you said before, you've got to eat it. There's, there's an elephant in the room. You've got to eat the elephant. Yeah. So just decide where, how it's going to be. Tail, trunk, <laughs> knuckles, go. Yeah, but you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Eat yeah, man. Dry your eyes and eat the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Let's have a look where we're at. Yeah, man. Amazing. That done? Yeah. Michael. Love you, Pleasure, man. man. Love you too, man. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Oh, I get a wee bit of No, no, wonderful, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Insane in the membrane. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.